Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Hey man, if you grab your Bibles with me tonight, turn to the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 34. Somebody say praise the Lord. Psalms 34. We're going to start reading with verse verse 1. We're going to do a Bible study tonight about praising the Lord. Amen. I... um, I believe in exuberant praising. I believe in that. I believe in serving God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. I don't only believe in shouting and dancing. I also believe sometimes just lifting your hands and letting tears flow down your face. Why do we get on our knees and worship Him? I mean, no, it's not just one, one certain way of praising Him, but there's different ways to praise Him. And I also realize that not everybody's going to shout like me and dance like me. And uh, that's all right as well. But I'm going to tell you, whatever God tells you to do, I think you should do it. I mean, know that. When the Bible says, clap your hands, all you people, I think everybody in the building, when we give that command, should do that. And I also believe we say, and shout with a voice of triumph. You ought to shout with everything in you. Somebody shout victory. I wouldn't want to stand against the wall of Jericho and he say, when you, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, shout and not do anything. I think everybody should do something and participate in worshiping the Lord. Can you say amen? Psalms chapter 34, verse one says, I will bless the Lord when everything's going good in my life. When, when I get the raise, when I get to the church house. Somebody shout, at all times, when I'm feeling good, when I'm at my best. Y'all know what this is saying. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Verse three, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Can you say amen? If you would look just above the verse, if you would look just above the verse where it starts verse one, there, there, there is this clause that's actually a part of the writing of the verse. And if you, could, you have your Bibles, you can sit there. It says, a Psalm of David, when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, who drove him away and he departed. Speaking of Abimelech at Gath, or the Philistines, when he was at Gath, David changed his behavior and he was driven away from there at the gate of Gath. This is what he's saying at the gate Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. 
There's another verse before you're seated. The Bible says that praise is comely. Praise is attractive. How many believe that? That praise is attractive. Nobody wants to go to church and fall asleep. They can do that at home. But what makes people want to be at the house of God is the, is the atmosphere that goes with the people that are worshiping or praising God. There's something happens when you praise Him. The Bible says He inhabits the praises, not just praise, but the praises of His people. And when you start praising Him, He always shows up. And that's what makes us want to be here because I'm not just talking to that wall. I'm praising the King of Kings who, who delivered me when I called on His name. Aren't we thankful that He heard us? Before you're seated, verse four. I sought the Lord and he heard me. And what? Delivered me from all my fears. Amen, amen. You may be seated. I wanna teach you tonight about praise. The different types of praise. I, I um, uh, when, you, when you go through the scripture, you're gonna find that there are many different types of praise. We find them clapping their hands. We find them shouting to the Lord. We find them getting on their knees and making obeisance to God and worshiping Him from their knees. You find them with their hands this way. You even find them with their hands this way. You find um, the worshiping like with a zamar or a string instrument. Find them worshiping with music. We also find a, just praising him in different manners, maybe with the weeping, but there are different types of praise. Now, if you were not raised in a Pentecostal or apostolic church, and maybe you grew up in a church where it was very quiet. I remember one time I was at a church, went to a sing, and the, and, and the pulpit singers were, were getting in. They, you know, it was Southern gospel, so they had all their mannerisms right, and they'd sing that right now and just look at their neighbor when they'd hit the high note. You ever see Southern gospel music? You know, they get into it and they'll start singing to each other in the middle. They had it all down pat. Somewhere in a testimony that somebody responded and they said, amen, when they did the whole church turned around and looked at him. <laughs> I realized that when you're coming in to a church that's maybe more exuberant in worship, my mother says that the first time she went to a Pentecostal church, she, it made her nervous because she, the only excitement she'd ever seen in the church was when one time the preacher was preaching, he started tapping his toe. She knew he was into it. And uh, so it's different. And the question is, why do we worship the way we worship? Why are we doing the way we're, every now and then you might hear somebody go, woo! I mean, it could be out of line if it's at the wrong moment, but uh, some people would come in and think, that's out of line. Some people might come in and think anybody that would say amen would be out of order because of lack of knowledge of the scripture. Every now and then, Sister Sarah Mila gets out and dances before the Lord, but it's very biblical, and I want to do what God wants me to do. Amen. John 4, 23, the Bible says, they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. What does that mean? With our emotions. You ever hear somebody say they're high-spirited? What are they saying? They're emotional people. And I, hey, all of us are here emotional. How many know that? Well, pastor, I'm not very emotional. Step on a yellow jacket's nest. Let's see how emotional you are. And uh, it's gonna make you move. My dad said he saw a guy one time who was walking with a cane. Said when he got over that yellow jacket's nest, they went up his pants leg. He threw that cane down and took off running. And 
it'll make you emotional. But, but I'm not just talking about emotion. I'm, I'm talking about worship and worship is a response. And I've seen people respond on, on logical things of life. But I don't want to respond to the logical things of life and not respond to him. Can you say amen? He's not just coming in this room so we can say, oh, the Lord was here. Anytime your source shows up, there's a response in your physical being that knows that he's here. We call it the presence of God. And when God starts moving, there's something in us that starts responding. Why? Because he's our originator. That's why we call him our father, which art in heaven. He is our source of life, comes from him. We were made in his image. And when it comes in the building, there ought to be a, a reverence toward him. I don't want God to come in the building and I'm ho-hum and not respond to that. How many know we know when he comes in because we can feel him when he's in this room? Can you say amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. And so our praise invites him in the room, but worship admires him when he's in the room. And when we invite him, the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. Praise is like a door that invites him in and says, we want you to be here. What is praise? Praise is thanking him for what he's done. Everybody say thanking him. It's from a thank, you can't praise and not be thankful. That's right. The Bible tells us in Psalms 100, if they would turn there, grab your Bibles and turn there for a moment. Psalms 100, reading with verse one. And I'm gonna tell you, I, you want to have a growing church. You want to have a, a church where young people want to be a part of. Even, even elderly people want to be a part of. It's going to be a church where there's a touch of God. You're, you're coming. There's something here. It's not just building. Here, here's an interesting verse. is make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Who? Everybody. Make a joyful noise. That is a commandment is to make noise. It's better if it's a joyful noise. I've heard a lot of people make noises that weren't very joyful. And uh, how many's ever heard a singer that wasn't very joyful? Amen. Yeah, they made noise, but it wasn't joyful. But make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all your lands. Verse two, what does it say? Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. God is an excited God. He, he, he doesn't want dry and dreary and boring and nothing, no life in that. He said, when you come before the presence of God, what did he say? Come before his presence with singing. Know ye, go on, that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, you belong to God. He's the shepherd, you're the sheep. We belong to him, he's our God. And look what it, look what it says on, it says, Enter to his gates with thanksgiving, if you feel good. If you want to. Praise is not based upon my emotion, it's based upon my knowledge. I can have a bad day, I've, I've said it before, the couple's on the way to church and they're fussing, fighting, the kids are making them get, get a little bit behind and it's his fault, he didn't help, it's her fault, she wasn't playing enough, they're on their way to church, they're in that car, the kids, you better be quiet. I'm going to wring your neck. They get all the way to the church and, and, and he rushes in and she rushes in. He's got the kids. They're trying to get there in time. And he walks right up on the platform and gets in front of her. He says, well, praise the Lord, everybody. Boy, goes on smiling and goes through the service. And after service, they get in the car and his wife says, you hypocrite. 
He said, what do you mean? He said, all of that fussing we did all the way to church. You get up and smile with your little smiling face and say, praise the Lord, everybody. He said, honey, he said, I wasn't mad at God. I was mad at you. And I think when you come to church, you got to sort of have the mindset. I'm not here for anybody else. Amen. People can do me wrong. We can have a flash flood and get muddy and things mess up and the tire go out. But when I get to the house of God, the Lord is good. You see that? Into his courts with praise. For the Lord is what? Why do I praise him? Because God's good when others aren't. God's good when life is cruel. It's knowledge that pushes me to praise, not emotion. But what happens is, if you will start praising him, you will start feeling what you're doing. And that's why it says, make a joyful noise. If I will come to church and just start praising him because God, you're good. You've been good to me. Now, 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 now they've been bad to me. Life's been tough today. I don't like how I felt. Haven't felt good, but God, I want you to know, I know you're on the throne. I thank you for what you've done. I've got breath in my body. My car is running. Come on, I'm preaching to you tonight. We cannot base on how we respond to God based on how we feel before we get here. That's not biblical. I made my mind up when I get to church, I'm praising him. I'm gonna worship him because he's been good to me. Somebody shout glory. And that's why when you read the book of Job, he lost everything. 10 children, all of his businesses, even his health. And his wife comes up and says, curse God and die. He said, you speak like a foolish woman. He's never done me anything but, everybody shout good. You can't blame all your problems on God. Sometimes it's our own decision. Sometimes it's somebody else's decision. Sometimes it's just life. There's a verse that says, and it was one of those days. You ever have one? And you can't base on how you're gonna respond to God based upon how your day has went. You gotta know, hey, if he brought me to it, he's gonna take me through it. Somebody shout glory. Glory. And so praise is very powerful. Praise is comely. Praise is a testimony. Praise is an act of faith and not always an act on how we feel. Can you say amen? And so... And so when you read the, the text today, the text in Psalms 34, he, he makes this covenant. And I wish before we leave here tonight, that's my challenge, is I will bless the Lord at all times. See, so that's what Job did. He said, naked I came to the world, naked I leave, but blessed be the name of the Lord. God is good to me. I want ever, how many believe that tonight? Would you shout if you believe the Lord's been good? I know his thoughts toward me are good and not evil. To give me an expected end. Everybody shout, God's been good to me. Amen. I think we ought to just praise him just for a minute because he has been good. He, he's been better to me and not deserved. He really has. I'm thankful. Thank you for healing my crooked feet. Thank you, Lord, for blessing me with an amazing wife. Four wonderful children, oh God. Thank you. A roof over my head and a car to drive and food to eat, clothes to wear. I I thank you. Somebody shout amen. Amen. And so it's a covenant you make. I I will bless the Lord. I was 15 years old when I made that covenant. I said, no matter who else stands, no matter who gets with service, I'm gonna get with service. I'm gonna go there because I love him. Amen. I'm not going to predicate my worship on somebody in the church. 
You know, it's easier to worship when somebody else is worshiping. Anybody remember when you first came to church? I remember bringing buddies to church. When I was in high school, middle school, I bring buddies to church and they came in. They had never been, I mean, Apostolic Church was new in that area. They had never been to church like this. And uh, well, they start, people, people stand, they stand when I stand. And uh, they clap their hands when I clap my hands. They didn't even know what it was. When I lift my hand, they look at me, they lift their hand. <laughs> they didn't know why. They just looking around. They were just doing what I was doing because they were my guests. Some people that has been in a certain religious circle comes in and they start questioning now, wasn't like this at my church. Why are you lifting your hands? Why are you clapping your hands? What in the world is that lady doing over there that's spinning in circles? And I look and say, I don't have a clue what she's doing. Amen. But she loves God. And you know that Jesus, Jesus jumped up and down and spun in circles. He did. In Luke 10, when they responded, when they might so powerful, when they responded to him and they said, Lord, even the devils are subject to us. The Bible, he said, don't rejoice because the devils are subject to it, but rather rejoice because your name's written in heaven. How many remember that? Your name has been written in heaven. And when he started talking about their redemption, he got excited, started jumping up and spinning in circles. The word that's there is that he rejoiced, but that word rejoice means to jump up and spin in circles. He was celebrating your redemption. And I heard a man preach from that verse on the rejoicing father. And I think that we have to have some rejoicing in us. Can I tell you the best thing to do if you've had a bad day is get in a prayer place with God and just start rejoicing. It's gonna be all right. God's gonna take care of me. Somebody shout, it's gonna be all right. Hey, there's some days you, you just wanna go to church and other days I need to get there because when I get there, in his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand, there's pleasure forevermore and it never fails. If I'll praise my way, I'll get in his presence and he's gonna give me the peace. And we ought to feel better when we leave church. Oh, somebody shout glory. I, I need to move on. Psalms 34 is re, written on that context. It, it, it describes it describes where this song comes from, this psalm comes from. It comes from a point in David's life that is recorded in 2 Samuel chapter 15. It's recorded here, but this is what he said at the gate of Gath. What was that? You can turn there if you want to. 2 Samuel chapter 15. Anybody feel like praising him right now? In 2 Samuel chapter 15, it, it, it talks about this guy who was named Ittai, verse chapter 19. Then said the king to Ittai, I just, I, I said it wrong in, in my saying. This is referencing something that happened at the gate of Gath, but in 2 Samuel chapter 15 is the product of what happened at the gate of Gath. So let me tell you the scenario. David is fleeing from Saul. He ends up, in the Philistines camp and they know who he is. He's, he, he, he's grown this big burly beard. He is, he is there, but they recognize him as the giant slayer. They know who he is. And he's at the gate of Gath and he's wondering what they're gonna do to him. And the, the Bible says in that moment, he changed his behavior, changed his behavior. They, they, they saw it as a crazy man, the way he began to act. And when he started doing whatever he was doing, they got rid of him. But you know what he was doing at that moment that they called crazy? He just started praising the Lord. 
when it looked like the Philistines were going to take him captive and take him under and punish him, he just started praising God. And in the moment at the gate of Gath, David, David writes this psalm that says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall, he's got enemies all around him. He's all by himself. And, and it appears that his own father-in-law is turned against him. And, and it just seems like the world is caved in. He's fleeing tragedy, chaos in his world. And David has fled the scene, ends up at the, in the Philistine camp at the gate of Gath. And David just starts, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast of the Lord. Amen. He starts saying this. And then he goes on in the moment at Gath. He said, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. It appears, Sister Wendy, in an enemy's camp that not only does he start praising God, but he makes an invitation for any Philistine to join him in praising his God. Commentators say someone took that invitation. His name was Ittai. And years later, when David is king, he has to flee the throne from Absalom, who has his own son that made himself king. David has to flee into the woods and run from his own son. But there's this man in 2 Samuel chapter 15, verse 19, that says, then said the king to Ittai, the Gittite, wherefore goest thou also with us? the Hebrews, return to thy place and abide with the king for thou art a stranger and also an what? An exile. You've exiled from your own country. Whereas thou camest but yesterday. It doesn't mean as in yesterday. It's talking like you haven't been in this kingdom very long. You haven't been here very long. And watch what he says. He says, whereas thou camest but yesterday, should I this day make thee go up and down with us? Talking about through the wilderness, through what we're getting, we're getting ready, it's winter time. We're getting ready to cross rivers and run from the chaos that's going on. He says, and, 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 and he says, uh, go down, seeing I go whither I may, return thou, take back thy brethren, mercy and truth be with thee. What he was saying to Ittai, this Philistine, he said, you don't have to go through what I'm going through. You don't have to go through this wilderness with me. I'm fleeing the wrath of my own son. I don't expect you to go. May mercy and truth be with you. Watch the response of this man. He says, and Ittai answered, the Philistine, answered the king and said, as the Lord liveth and as my Lord the king uh, liveth, surely in what place my Lord the king shall be, whether in death or life, even there also will thy servant be. Speaking of himself. And David said to Ittai, go and pass over. And Ittai the Gittai passed over and all his men and all the little ones that were with him. He took his family with him. Let me give you the backstory of this. It's Psalms 34. Because when David was in exile from Saul, in a low moment when it looked like the Philistines could have killed him, he just started praising God. And in the midst of the gate of praising God, he said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Commentators say this Philistine uh, 
this Philistine captain, this man that saw David in a low moment start praising God, converted his heart and said, I want his God to be my God. I've seen more in his low moment. I see more goodness in his low moment than I've had in all of my good moments. And he wanted the God of David to be his God. And he left the army of the Philistines and joined as David's one of David's captains of men and said, I realize I'm a Philistine, but I want to walk with you Jews. I want your God to be my God. What was it that created the conversion moment for Ittia? I'm going to tell you what it was. It was when a man was down to nothing and was, it seemed like he was in trouble. He said, God's still good. Can I tell you, you're gonna have life situations. You're gonna have circumstances that are outside of your control. You're gonna have moments that you don't know what to do with. You're gonna have fearful moments. You don't know the answer, but I'm gonna tell you the answer is tonight is you just say, I will bless the Lord at all times. Amen. Hey, listen. And Ittai, watch what God did when David praised him and understood. If, I, if the king starts praising him, deliverance is getting ready to come out of this too. You know what happened? All of David's men survived that and the enemies are the ones that have fallen. I'm preaching to some of you tonight. Don't let Sundays be an option. Don't let praise be an option. Don't let worship be an option. You're gonna have life moments, but guess what? God has been good. My soul is gonna make her boast in the Lord. Why? Because he heard me when I cried unto him and he delivered me from my situation. Oh, praise him in this room. Aren't you glad he brought you out? Aren't you glad he made a way? Somebody praise him just for a moment and say, the Lord has been good to me. The Lord has been good. Somebody shout, he's been good. Amen. That's why I clap my hands because he's been good. That's why I sing because he's been good. I want to teach you tonight, understanding the, the concept of praise is that everybody in the room is possible you're going to praise him a little bit different. When you study the Hebrew words, there are back, you, you, in, the, in the Bible it's just going to say praise, but the root of that word can be different. There, there's an app that you can get on your phone. It's called Loaded. Everybody say Loaded. There's a Bible app you can get called Loaded. Your words, when you're reading it in the King James Version, there's, they're like, they're, the words are popped out like bubbles. You just hit the bubble. It'll give you the root of that word. Back in the day before we had all the technology, we had something called a Strong's Concordance. How many remember that? It, it weighed about the, weighed as much as your, one of your children. As a book, preachers used it, and now we've got it at the touch of, of a screen, and you can get that on there. And amazing, all that can be stored in your phone, but it is. But... When you, when you look at the root of that word, what would be written in, in Hebrew or, or Greek, what you're gonna find in those Hebrew meanings is that the Bible might say praise, which it means that, but it's a specific type of praise. So number one, tonight out of seven uh, that we'll talk about, Hallel, H-A-L-L-A-L, is a primary Hebrew root word for praise it's our word hallelujah comes from this base word. It means to be clear, to praise, to shine, to boast, to show, to rave, to celebrate, to be clamorously foolish. So Psalms 113 and 1 through 3 says something like this. Hallel ye the Lord. Hallel, all ye servants of the Lord. Hallel, 
the name of the Lord. Psalms 151 starts out by saying, Hallel the Lord. I'm just using that word instead of praise. Are y'all, y'all getting this? Praise you the Lord. Or Hallel the Lord. Uh, Hallel God in his sanctuary. Hallel him in his uh, firmament of his power. So to be clamorously foolish, it's just praising God with emotions in your own personality. It's to praise him. It's David at the gate of Gath. It's, it doesn't look pretty, but you're just responding to God. I had a guy, let me, let me just, there, there's a boy in my elementary school. His name was Clinton. Clinton, Clinton Odell was the smartest boy in my class. I get so frustrated taking tests and I look over and he's done. I still got work to do. He's a brilliant young man. And the other girl was named Melinda. She was always done before me and uh, saw her a couple years ago. But I'll never forget, Clinton was a little different. Clinton didn't laugh like everybody else laughed. When he got, when he got real happy, he'd do something like this. It seemed so weird to me. But man, he wouldn't just laugh, he'd laugh. He was clamorously foolish. But it was his expression to how he felt in school when he was happy. Can I just say today, it was okay even though it was different than what I would respond when I would laugh. And the truth of the matter is when you're home and nobody's looking, it's just people that you trust, you're clamorously foolish. Can I get a witness from somebody? How you respond, you know, all dignified at church. You get home, you're a nut, amen. You get around your siblings, you know, you start cutting up and acting up, you laugh. <laughs> you got your own laugh, it's silly, but it's you. And what it's saying is, is that when you worship God, you don't have to worship God in such pristine reverence all the time. That it's okay to just be you, whether in the sanctuary or in the firmament of his power, which would be out in the park or in your bedroom. You're just you. It's talking about a tailored praise that comes from the personality that he made you with. And I've seen people get excited, start feeling like God, and they go, woo! If we're, not, if, we're, if we're not careful, we will look at that person and say, well, that's weird. When the truth of the matter is, you got something weird you do when nobody's looking. They're just doing it when they feel God and they just become uninhibited and they're just responding to God. How I many I'm talking about? And one thing with us that we have to be very careful is that we live a, an inhibited approach with God instead of learning to become uninhibited with God. Just be yourself. I think praise can come with limitation. Doesn't mean you get so excited. If you kick holes in a wall and you get happy at home, don't do it at church, amen. That, 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 that's just beyond limitations. I think praise should be limit, uh, limited. I, one, guy, one guy years ago, years ago in church, he did cartwheels down the aisle. We, you don't have to do cartwheels at church, you know. There's limitations, but it's still you. And I've seen people, when they begin to worship, they begin to praise him and shake under the power of God. If you study in history, you'd hear, you'd hear about religious people called Quakers that would shake in the presence of God because there's power in his presence. Grab a hold of some electric power and you're probably gonna tremble anyhow. I don't care what type of per personality that you have. 
There's going to be a shaking and moving. And when God's moving in a building, there is power. And the Bible says you will, you will be endued with power from on high. You know, it's amazing when God starts moving on somebody, their personality starts showing at that moment. The truth, because when you worship God in spirit, you worship him in truth, and that another word for that is honesty or just being yourself. God doesn't want you to come in and worship like something. He wants you to worship the way he designed you to worship. It, it wouldn't matter if it was this. It doesn't matter. It's an action that somebody doesn't, maybe somebody else doesn't do, but you do, because you're just praising him. Not everybody's gonna jump on their feet like I do. But guess what? I was born crippled, but he healed me, and I got a right to praise him with a leap and a dance and a shout. It's a hallel. It's all the praises I can give to God. You, know, you ever notice that you just can't say the word hallelujah? Hallelujah. Hallelujah has an exclamation point at the end of it almost. Hallelujah. That's the approach to a hallel worship. It's coming from in here. It's coming from down deep. Can I say to you in the teaching tonight, one of our young people or one of our elders starts praising them in their own personality, don't make fun of them. Don't sit back and snicker and point and laugh. You better be careful with that. We don't need that type of atmosphere here. We need an atmosphere where people can be who God called them to be to worship the way God made them to worship. It's a hallel praise. Oh, I think we ought to clap our hands and praise him. Amen. Something happens when you praise him. How many can feel that in the building even now? I'm just me. I just praise. Come on, I think we ought to take 30 seconds and just praise him. How we feel too, it's a hallel praise. It's the word hilarious comes from that. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody shout hallel. Somebody shout hilarious. You know, you know when you look when you look, brother, brother Tyler Davis said, I will worship the Lord even more foolishly than that. When Michael mocked him for dancing and taking off his royal robe. Why did David take off his royal robe when he was bringing the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem? Because we don't worship God out of position. It's not based upon whether I'm on the platform or in the pew. My worship is just me. I have to be me when I praise him for him to truly receive it. I, I, let me, let, let, let's move on to something else. Let me, let, me, let me skip a few to get to it. I'm gonna go to number seven here. Tehillah is derived from the word Hallel and means the singing of Hallels, to sing or to, uh, to loud, perceived to involve music, especially singing hymns of the spirit or praise. When you are singing, a te, when you are worshiping a Tehillah praise, the word praise is Tehillah, a Tehillah praise. A Tehillah praise is a tailored message to God. So when you're dealing with a Hillel, Tehillah comes from the word Hillel, it's talking about tailored worship. Anybody know what tailored worship is? Do you know some of you can wear each other's clothes because you're not the same size? And some of you can't wear each other's praise because you don't have the same story. So when people come in and they're so thankful that God has saved them, sometimes they write their own song. Just, just I know you're scared to answer this. Have any of you wrote poetry to God? 
Have any of you ever wrote a song to the Lord? Raise your hand if you've ever wrote a song. All of you stand up and sing it. No, I'm just teasing. You know, uh, you'd be afraid to sing it publicly, maybe, because you think it might be silly to others, but who cares? It's your song to God. Praise and Hallel might be silly to others, but it's to God. A Tehillah might be silly to others, but it's to God. We see, hear that song that's written by Brother Dylan Woodward and his last Sunday is this Sunday before he goes back, but he wrote the song, A Love for Truth. Out of a crisis in his life at 15 years old, he wrote the song, A Love for Truth. It is his anthem song of his life. What kind of song is it? It's a Tehillah song. It's a Taylor song. How many of you have that one song? It's your song. You didn't write it, somebody else did, but you're like, that's me right there. Come on. How many have a song? And, and you grow up in church and there's, just, there's, there's a thousand songs you've heard, but there's one that just, it might be blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Somebody else might get up and sing, oh, the blood. Oh, and goosebumps run down your spine because when you think about the blood, my favorite song in this world, my favorite song in the world is I See a Crimson Stream of Blood written by G.T. Haywood. It's a Tehillah song to me. Why? It's tailored. And some of us, we can't make this building about the building. We've got to make this about the king. And when I get to church and they're singing, I'm gonna sing that song to the Lord. How many know we're not just singing with the choir, with the prayer, we're singing to the king. Everybody say, sing to the king. Praise him. And in Isaiah 61, it says, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of a gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise. That word, the mantle of praise is Tehillah, a garment of praise instead of the spirit of what? Of heaviness. And what happens when you begin to praise God through your own personality is that the heaviness in your life begins to change and the joy and happiness begins to happen in your life. I just, listen, how many of you ever come in heavy but you left liberated? How did you do it? Praise. Let me just stay here just a minute, then, we're on, then I'm going I'm to I'm cover all these tonight. But how many of you have ever seen somebody worship and it seemed a little silly? Anybody? Huh? My grandmother looked like she was directing traffic. It did. I, I preach about it often. I miss her so bad. I wish, I wish she was sitting right there in that second pew and and I wish my mama was sitting right there in that one. She sat right there. My mom, the, the chairs were closer back in the day. And if I wasn't paying attention, my mom would flip me in the ear. Pow, man. Her name is Debbie. That means stung by a bee. I mean, it's boom. She would hit my ear. That's why my ears stick out the way they do because she'd flip me. So I wish that. I, wish, I don't know. I don't wish she'd flip me in the ear, but I wish grandma was here. Amen. Mom was in church, but they start singing some songs and it hit my grandmother. My grandmother was a very religious person. 50 plus years of her life was, was in a level of Christianity but didn't have the fullness of truth. But when she got it, she got it. 
She couldn't wait to go to church. She couldn't wait to be in the house of God. And they went to church all the time. Six week revivals, church every night. And she'd be there and they'd start singing those songs and she'd just start praising him. Ooh, she had that soprano voice. Then all of a sudden when the Holy Ghost hit her, it sounded like a pressure cooker going off. You remember those Canon pressure cookers? Ooh, I mean, remember that? That's how grandma would praise him, you know. And she'd get out in the aisle. She'd just start, I mean, it just like the pressure, it snapped and there it came. Here came Tehillah going all over the room. She'd just flashing Tehillah praise everywhere. Woo! It might have seemed silly to some, but she never praised him that way that I didn't feel a gush of the presence of God. Because what's silly to you is a glorious, it's a sweet smelling savor to the Lord because it comes beyond the pride of your flesh. It goes from the sincerity of your heart and it always touches the throne of God. I'm telling you right now, we're not here for any other reason but to praise him. We come to praise him tonight. That's what this room, it's a house of worship. It's a house of praise. Can you say amen? I want us to stand our feet and clap our hands. Come on, won't you just do that? Those hands were made for praising. Those hands were made for praising. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's seven other words. I'm gonna to try to cover them later, but I, I'm, I'm not gonna finish. I'm not gonna finish all this tonight. But what I'm saying is the world's not looking for a place that's just a gathering of people. They're looking for a place that can just be real before God. Amen. How many remember when you got real before God in repentance? Real before the Lord. I don't believe in going to church and reading the sinner's prayer that somebody else wrote. Maybe it's a good start for somebody who doesn't know how to pray. But at some point, you gotta get your own words, expressing your own heart, and get up saying, God, it's me. God, it's me, I'm a sinner. I haven't done things right. I, oh God, it's Aaron, God. I, I just don't, Lord, I just want you to know I'm sorry for what I said, what I've done. I've made a mess of things. And God, I know I'm wrong, but God, I need you right now in this room. I need you to change my path. I do understand you died at Calvary and gave your life for me. You were resurrected to give me power to get out of this. And God, I'm asking you to hear me. And I'm asking you to touch me. I'm not talking about perfect prayers. I'm talking about just being real with God. Why is it the Holy Ghost moves and you sit there? Why is it during praise and worship you bind your own self from being who you are? You feel that everything in you is jumping up and down, but you're afraid to express yourself. Don't do that to God. You're not here for us. You're not here to impress your neighbor. I appreciate your suit. I appreciate ladies, your, your nice blouses and dresses, but that's not why we're here. We're here to please him. I want to go to the altar, but I'm afraid to go to the altar. Who cares what somebody's going to say? Run to that altar and repent. Run to that altar again. Well, I've been in this 25 years. Don't think, who cares what somebody thinks? We're not here for what people think. We're here because we need to touch the throne of God. He heard me out of the reason of my affliction and he brought me out. Jonah was trying to find some scroll somewhere to read some, 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 some prayer in the belly of the fish. He said, 
from the belly of hell cried I and he heard me. Oh God, it's coming from somewhere that's sincere. Somewhere that's being real. I'm gonna tell you, you can't get real with God and he not get real with you. You know what makes this church awesome? We're a bunch of real people trying to reach a real God. We threw all the pretty rappers away. We just come, we're just us. Somebody on this side might be an exuberant worshiper. You might see Brother Zion take off running. You might see Brother Nehemiah stomp his feet and spin in circles. You might see somebody else, whoa! You might look over, there's a precious saint with their hands lifted, tears dripping over their chin, and they're worshiping just as much because they're doing it out of the sincerity of their heart. But what I say to all of you, let's not limit who we are because of somebody else. Be you in worship. I'm afraid I'll look silly. Just look silly and please him. I remember trying to worship in church and stomp my feet and it was real awkward because I had two left ones. Trying to get the beat right. It was awkward, but I saw somebody worship and I thought, I want to worship. I, I, I want to be exuberant the way they are. When my dad would get out and dance and he looked like he was dancing like one of those Indians back in the day you'd see. Woo, 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 and it was powerful. Some of my most memorable services is when my mom stopped playing the keyboard and here she would come dancing before the Lord and spinning before God and the whole room would fill with the glory of God. Once Edith Dunlap in her 80s get out of her seat one Sunday and walk down, it was like the holy glory of God filled this room. When she did, she was giving it everything she had. God always responds to worship. God always responds to praise. The Bible says quench not the spirit. And if he wakes you up at 3 a.m. and says, I want you to come and pray, go pray. He calls you to lift your hands in church. You know how it is when you start. Anybody listening to me right now? I remember when you first lifted your hand in church. It's like, lift your hands to the Lord. It just, you're trying. You're moving forward. I remember those moments. I'm gonna tell you, I've never praised him that I didn't regret it, that I regretted it. Every time I've ever praised him, he's always responded. And some of my most powerful praising moments has been in my house when nobody was home. Because no matter where you're at, in the sanctuary or in the firmament of his power, you can praise him. How many's ever prayed for a stoplight because you was listening to some songs and it was the healer praise and you start praying and start crying and sobbing in the car thinking about the goodness of the Lord. Anybody? You got the stoplight and you lifted both hands in the air and closed your eyes and you knew you had about 15 seconds because it felt so good just to worship God because he's done so much for you. I don't want God one service to ever think I'm not appreciative or one day. Lift your hands all over the building. The Bible said lift your heart with your hands. That's a surrender. Lord, I love you today. You have taught us. Your word has fed us over and over again. We lift our hands in adoration. We lift our hands in worship. We lift our hands because you're worthy. Hallelujah. They're going to sing a song. You can praise him however you feel. 
Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.